The following message was preached at Redeemer Community Church. For more information about Redeemer, visit us online at www.redeemernc.org. Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms to praise God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Kate. Well, thank you for joining us in this very first Christmas service in our new building. As you can see, we may have underestimated how many would be here this morning, but this is fun, right? Air conditioning turned on partway through. Didn't expect that on Christmas Eve, but need that. Most of you didn't get to witness what I got to witness just a few moments ago. So the elder at Redeemer who is in charge of the children's ministry is Jeff Erb. Jeff's over there. He's one of the sweetest, calmest guys I've ever seen. But when Adam tried to dismiss the kids to classes that aren't being held today, you should have seen the look of panic. I've never seen Jeff move that fast trying to wave Adam off. So thankfully, none of you sent your kids to those non-existent classes. So I want to begin this morning with a very important question, probably the most important question you'll be asked this Christmas. Do you open gifts on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day? Like, that's the classic debate. I grew up as a child opening presents on Christmas Eve, which as a child is awesome, right? For, for one reason, it's earlier, right? You get your presents just a little sooner, one less day to wait. My wife, on the other hand, grew up opening presents on Christmas Day, which means that our family opens presents on Christmas Day. <laughs> But giving and receiving gifts is an important part of the Christmas holiday. Not the most important part, even though commercials try to tell us that, but it is an important part of the season. And the reason that the giving and receiving of gifts is important is because it reminds us of why Christmas exists. Christmas is the result of God giving us a gift. So when we give and we receive gifts at Christmas, we are supposed to remember the gift that God has given us. And if we've never received that gift from God, then Christmas reminds us to act, to receive what God has so lovingly and graciously given to us. The greatest gift ever given is recorded in the most famous verse in the Bible in John 3.16. It says this, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I want to point out just quickly four details about this gift First, I want you to see the content of the gift. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a, a reborn student Christmas party, and they did a white elephant exchange. And, and I heard afterwards that two of the gifts that were given were alive. <laughs> one was a crab, and one was a fish. In both cases, from at least, I wasn't there, from what I've heard is that the person receiving the gift 
was not that excited to receive that gift. I don't know if you could steal, but trust me, no one stole those gifts. That person was stuck with this living creature to take home. Like, see, this was, this was useless for them. It was meaningless to them. All, the, all it was was trouble. I was thinking about this because here in this passage, we're told that God gives us something that is living, but in, it's not like the crab or the goldfish. It is valuable. In fact, the gift he gives us is more valuable than anything in the universe. At great cost to himself, God gave us his son. God gave us his one and only son. And because we hear about it often, we often lose the wonder of the gift. But the fact is that a father would give his son to someone else is astounding. If you're the father of a little girl, I want you to think for just a second about what it will feel like one day to walk her down the aisle and give her away. Who, who gives this woman, your little girl, to be married to this ogre standing up there? <laughs> now, I'm sure if you're the father of a little girl, you hate me right now for simply bringing this up. I'm sorry, but I'm making a point. Just imagine for a second as the father of that little girl how hard it will be that day, even though it will be a wonderful day, and even though you're for it, how hard it will be to give away this one who you love so much. I mean, that's what God did. He gave us his son, and that's what the season is about. We give each other gifts to remember the gift, the greatest gift that we've been given. And so I encourage you today or tomorrow, whichever day you choose to open those presents, like remember what this gift signifies as you unwrap presents, as you hand a present to someone else, as you receive a present from someone, remember, this is supposed to remind you that God gave you his one and only son. But why did God give his son? And that's the second detail I want to show you. I want you to see the reason for the gift. So the verse begins, for God loved the world in this way. So the gift of Jesus flows out of God's love for his people. Like, that's not surprising. If you were to look at the gifts under your tree, I'm sure you would look at those gifts and say those gifts are an expression of love, right? It's, it's parents' expression of love to their children. Love acts, and it acts to bless the person who's loved. Like, so as a, as a father, as a mother, you love your child. As, hopefully, as a child, you love your parents. Maybe you're old enough to have gotten them a gift. Grandparents loving their grandkids, brothers and sisters, hopefully loving each other, or at least being forced by mom and dad to get gifts as a hope that someday there'll be love there, right? But we act to bless those. And so there will be even some of you parents who are brave enough to, like Aragorn storming the gates of Mordor, go to Walmart today. <laughs> and you're going to do it out of love, not out of joy, not out of desire, but you will do it out of love to get that final thing for the stocking that you weren't able to get earlier, right? Because you love your children, and because you want to bless your children, you are motivated to act. So God's love compelled him to act. But why did God need to send his son? So as we read just a few moments ago, when the angels announced the birth of Jesus, they said, today is born a savior. So God's love compelled him to send, to give his son as a savior. And what is it we need to be saved from? Well, we need to be saved from our own sin, from judgment and condemnation and all the consequences that our, our willful and wrongful choices have made. 
So Jesus came to save us from our sin. God loves us so much that he gives sinners the only gift that can save them. He gives his one and only son. Now, Jesus didn't come as a baby because babies are extremely cute. Right? Jesus came as a baby because he had to take on humanity. He had to live a perfect life so that he could die in the place of sinners. Have you ever wondered why God had the angels announce the birth to shepherds in the hills of Bethlehem? Why them? There's probably a number of reasons, but I think the most important reason is that they were the ones who raised the sheep who would be taken to the temple to be offered as a sacrifice for sin. And so he had the angels announce to them that this time he's providing the lamb and it's the final one and it's the perfect one and it's the only one that can, that can give humanity the, 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 the means and the opportunity and the way to be saved from their sin. And so the greatest gift is the gift of Jesus, the lamb of God. And the reason God gives us this gift is because his love compelled him to bless us. Here's the third detail. It's the response to the gift. So imagine right, a father going home tonight, and it's like his fatherly duty. He's got to get those last gifts under the tree. Probably isn't wrapping them. Somebody else is probably wrapping them. But he's going to place them under the tree, ready to hand them out in the morning. So he, he puts the last present in the tree, and he stands back, and he looks at the Christmas tree in the presents. And a smile comes on his face because in his mind, he's picturing the enthusiasm that he is going to see from his kids in the morning as they open the presents, right? He pictures the middle child who sees the bow on his very own bicycle, not, not a hand-me-down bicycle from the spoiled firstborn, but his very own brand new bicycle, tag still on it. And so the father goes to bed exhausted but excited for the morning. The morning arrives but no kids have barged in to, to wake him up. He heads downstairs. The kids are sitting there watching cartoons, eating cereal, seemingly uninterested in the gifts beneath the tree. And the father, with excitement, says, does, does anyone want to open their presents? He's met with silence. No response. No interest. It's hard to imagine, right? What good are presents if they stay unopened? God gives us his son to save us from our sin, but we must receive the gift. The act of receiving here in John 3 is called believing in him. Believe means to trust or commit. So the way we open the gift of God's son is to co commit ourselves to him, to entrust ourselves to him, to say to Jesus, I can't save myself from my sin, but I know you can, so please save me. You are my only hope, and I believe you can, and I believe you will save me, so I am entrusting myself and my life and my future into your hands. You see, there's nothing we can do to earn this gift. It is a gift. So we can't pull out the visa the American Express, and say, I'm going to purchase that gift. I'm going to purchase it through my good works. I'm going to purchase it through my effort. I'm going to purchase it through going to church a lot. and by, I'm going to purchase it through all the things I'm going to do. Like, there's no ability to do that. That's not how we receive it. In fact, attempting to do that makes sure that we can't receive it because it's a gift. So, friend, I want you to know this, that giving and receiving gifts is a picture of, of the gift God has given you and the only appropriate response to the gift. We're gonna give some gifts tomorrow morning in my home. And when we give these gifts to our children, I don't want them to offer 
to pay me for them because it's a gift. There's no payment you can offer to earn Jesus Christ and the salvation he brings. It's a gift. All you can do is admit your inability and receive the gift in faith. And when you do, when you receive the gift of Jesus by faith, Jesus brings so much more with him. Like when Jesus comes, it's like someone giving you a brand new car, which is the most amazing gift ever, and you open the trunk and it's filled with presents. Like when you receive the gift of Jesus, there is more that comes with it. And so the final detail is the benefit of the gift. It says when you receive the gift of Jesus, eternal life comes with it. Our verse says everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Sin causes death, but salvation brings life. To, to, to receive Jesus is to be made alive on the inside, and it's to be assured of a life that never ends. One of the great pictures of the salvation Jesus brings that's shown throughout the Bible is adoption. So I want you to picture adoption for a moment. You have a child who's brought out of an orphanage. He's placed into a new home. And in that new home, he, he receives a new bed. But, but more than he receives a new bed and, and, and a new meal and, and maybe a new school and all this, he receives, you could say, an entirely new life. Right? He's got a new identity. His, his last name has changed. He's got a new family with brothers and sisters and a mother and father and grandparents and great-grandparents and aunts and uncles. And maybe most importantly, he has a new future. Like this is what it means by eternal life coming through Jesus, that God, through Jesus, brings us into his family and he gives us a new life that continues to get better and it doesn't stop even after death. So I ask you this Christmas Eve, has your soul been made alive? I'm not going to ask you if you call yourself a Christian. I'm not going to ask you if you're, you go to church because you're here at least today. I'm going to ask you this question. Has your soul been made alive? Through faith in Jesus, has your heart been brought into fellowship with the God who made you? Or are you empty inside? Do you realize that something's missing? Do you long to be fully known and still fully loved? Or is there a barrenness, a lifelessness in you that nothing so far in your life has been able to fill? See, the life God gives us through Jesus wakes up your heart and your soul to God and to his people and to his world, and it gives you life that can never be taken away even by death. So John 3, verse 16 says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. After I pray, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. This is a reminder of the gift that Jesus has given us, the gift of himself and life, and it's a promise that he will return and we will enjoy life with him forever. This is also an invitation. If you've never received the gift of Jesus, then I invite you on his behalf to receive him this morning. So let me pray, and then we will pass out the bread and the cup. Father, we praise you for what you have done. We thank you for this gift, this gift so undeserved, a gift that cannot be earned, a gift that is ours only because of your love. You looked out and you saw us destined for judgment, 
destined for condemnation, and in love you sent your son so that we could be rescued and redeemed and restored. And so we thank you for this gift. We ask, Father, that if there's anyone sitting here who has never received the gift, whose heart is still dead to you, that today you would give them the gift of life as they receive Jesus in faith. Lord, help us who are your people as we give and receive gifts tonight and tomorrow, that we will do so always reflecting upon and rejoicing in the greatest gift we've been given, the gift of Jesus himself. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to boldly declare it with our lives and with our lips as your people. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Community Church in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more sermons, we invite you to visit us online at RedeemerNC.org.